One, two, three. Welcome, Welcome to the Wild Woman. Okay, <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> okay, so Camille, how did we meet? Okay, um, we met, I think, one year ago. Like, we did this in yeah. May. Yeah. Uh, one cool. year ago at the Life Coach Certification. Exactly. Um, and why did we connect or build a little relationship within the group of people that we were with? Well, we were around the same age. Yeah. So that's about half the age of everybody there. Um, what kind of things do we learn at this life coaching certification? How to be a coach. Coach. A life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of things, what does it mean to be a life coach? Um, okay, so here's like how I see it. So it's kind of like therapy, but it's not therapy in the sense that like therapy is really about um, healing the past and learning how to um, develop coping mechanisms and you know all that stuff while life coaching is more about having a plan having accountability having support and going forward in the future mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly so as coaches we help people basically align their goals and figure out how to achieve those goals in a step-by-step process Um, because a lot of people what they do is they have all these goals but they have no idea how to get there or they they start trying to achieve that goal and there's challenges that come up and issues that they feel um, makes it too hard to keep pursuing their goal so they just stop so sometimes they simply just don't have the confidence to even Mm -hmm. know Exactly. So as coaches, we're just that voice of support. We're just that voice of accountability, just to tell them that they have agency over their lives and they have the ability to, you know, achieve whatever they want to achieve. Um, so why did you attend the life coaching course? Because I wanted to be a life coach. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm studying in social work, right? So like I do want to do some kind of counseling therapy, um, but I myself had some coaches in the past. I mean, I still do, and um, I really find the two so different but so similar at the same time. And I want to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, the, the whole idea about coaching was very um, interesting to me just because I, I really love people and I love connecting with people and not that I like criticizing people, but I like finding issues and um, figuring out how they're bullshit, right? Yeah. Like fixing those issues. And I'm kind of, um, I, I can be a little bit, how do I put it? Hmm. I empathize with people, but at the same time, like, I can sense bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to tell someone if they're self-pitying themselves. And the reason why I'm that way is because I self-pitied myself a lot. And growing up, and, like, a lot of the reasons why I struggled with certain things was because I, I blamed other things for the issues I had instead of 
holding my myself accountable for those issues. And it's something that I think everyone struggles with. And it always helps to have someone just there holding you accountable for those times where you are self-pitying. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of people are in the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like you you can't be in that mentality, you know, like definitely like it's important to feel that pain, you know, like if, if you are emotional about certain things and so on, then yeah, definitely, um, definitely accept it, but don't relinquish it. Pardon? It's about empowerment. And as yeah. long as you're in that mentality, you don't take back your power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Camille, do you want to tell us about your story a little bit? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do you want to know first? Mm. Um, if you had to f- figure out a point in your life where you were your lowest, what was going on in your life and why were there issues? Uh, I guess it would be in high school. Um, I was kind of a uh, loner in the sense that like, I really didn't like to socialize. Um, I went to school, I came back home, and that was about it. Um, I mean, I went on like concerts and stuff but always on my own I had social anxiety talking to new people was not easy for me and I had depression so just doing like small tasks was really hard I remember like I used to spend days sitting in bed until like 11 noon not because like oh like I wanted to chill but because it was so hard just to get myself out of that mindset of like, I don't have the energy, I can't do it. Um, and I had a need to use order as well. So. Yeah. So that would have decreased your energy too, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and that's, that's one of the really ironic things about, um, about it, like mental illness is that you end up developing symptoms that at the time make you feel better, like staying in bed probably felt better than getting out of bed, when in reality, if you had just gotten out of bed, then you probably would have felt better. Well, it's a cycle. Yeah, exactly. And it's that vicious cycle. And same thing with eating disorders, too, you know? And that's one thing that we did connect over with is because we both had issues with, like, food and our relationship with our broad, our bodies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where my story began. Like, in high school, I was I was super social, but, like, almost, like, excessively so. Like, I got into quite a bit of trouble in high school. Not, like, an insane amount of trouble, but, like, enough trouble where, like, I was a little bit of a bad child um but for me it didn't really hit until my first year university that things kind of got out of control that's when my eating disorder got really bad and I was a competitive athlete and I've been a competitive athlete since I was like three years old it started with dance and then as I got older it switched to golf and I ended up getting a golf scholarship to the states um and yeah I, I left the house at 17 to move down to Virginia. I think that big change just triggered a lot of 
issues for me, including um, some sexual traumas that I had uh, encountered, like, in the summer before I left and never really dealt with. And so, like, a lot of, you know, bad thoughts and bad experiences ended up being triggered while I was down there. There's a lot of pressure from, especially, especially golf. Like, I just felt like I wasn't playing well enough. And even if the coach wasn't that hard on me, I was really hard on myself. To this day, like, I have to be careful of being hard on your, hard on myself. And, like, it's good to be hard on yourself. Like, that's how you push yourself. But to being hard on yourself to the extent where you stop enjoying life and stop enjoying the things that you're doing, that's what really holds people back. So, like, there's self-pitying, but there's also, like, the other end of the spectrum where you're doing almost the opposite. All of it is just self-destructive in the end. Yeah, right? like wanting perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little about, bit about what this series is going to entail and what kind of things we're going to be talking about. Well, um, we're mostly going to talk about, like, different um, parts of self-care. Not necessarily the, like, backbone, face mask kind of self-care, more of the um, mental, physical, and, well, mind-body self-care. We'll talk about many different subjects. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, like Camille said, we're not talking about, like, the self-care that a lot of people think of, like, when they hear the word self-care. Um, we're talking about the not-so-pretty parts, like doing a workout that really sucks, but you haven't done one in a week, and you really have to take care of your body. Yeah, sure, you'll be gross. You're going to sweat. You're not going to feel good, but you have to do that workout. We're going to be talking about stuff like getting your finances in order. I'm still really bad at that, but like, oh, we can still talk about the fact that you have to plan for the future and sometimes you will not be able to go out for drinks or um, go to the movies but you know there's other ways to save money and still enjoy time with friends and family we're going to be talking about things like the and dating exactly sex and dating which isn't too pretty right now with this whole quarantine thing going on <laughs> Yeah, and also we're going to be talking a little bit more about, like, food relationship and the relationship with our body, like, self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're what's interesting with us is that um, we're both going to be talking about, like, how to be physically active. And we're going to talk about, like, both sides. So there's, like, the fitness industry, and then there's, like, the um, anti-diet one. And, like, I'm more into the anti-diet one, and Sarah is more into the fitness industry. So we're, like, going to bring both sides in. One thing that, like, I do want to voice when it comes to the fitness industry is that it can get a really bad rap from my anti-diet <laughs> friends. <laughs> um But at the same time, like, uh, there's a lot of good things that we can learn from it, like, learning about different micronutrients, learning when to do cardio and when to do weightlifting. 
learning how to listen to your body and like knowing when you're injured and knowing when you're not hydrated enough. Like there's a bunch of like little intricacies that you learn through the fitness industry. That's just really helpful to like fitness in general, even like new people going to the gym. Right, Camille? Yeah. Yeah. It's like all about like not taking it to extremes. Yeah. Balance. Mm -hmm. Our body is in this, type of balance called homeostasis most of the time and if we do anything to ruin that our bodies go a little haywire and that's when issues pop up right yeah we're also going to be talking about like sleep and school and yeah mm-hmm. lots of different topics yeah for sure so let's end this little blurb about talking about school, so what we're doing in school right now. So, Camille, what are you studying, or what have you just graduated from? Um, Social work. I just um, finished my BA in social work. Uh, I did do a certificate in social work as well at last day, which is a college. And I'm doing another BA. in psychology starting in September. Very exciting. You. Well, I'm doing a double major in sociology and anthropology. I'm in my third year. Um, I did originally go to university for biochemistry, so I spent a year and a half studying that. Obviously, it didn't work out too well, Um, but studying science definitely has influenced me in the last couple years doing anthro and sociology and I'm very very interested in medical anthropology Mm. Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit more about what is that um so the core basis of anthropology is studying real life experience of people when an anthropologist is researching and creating papers and books and so on they're usually using a small demographic of people but they're very intimately connected with these people. So they'll live day to day with these people. And um, so, for example, if I were studying eating disorders in a hospital, I would be almost living with these patients and speaking with them every day. Um, I'm trying to understand their life experiences. Obviously, I'd have to go in with a research question. So it could be something like, is recovery really possible with eating disorders? That's a very, very rich question when it comes to eating disorders. A lot of people ask that all the time, like if it's impossible. Um, So like an anthropologist would be gathering data based on the lived experiences of the patients to try and answer a question like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, I think for like questions like that, you should be asking the one that are recovered, not the one that are struggling, but for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I guess all sides would be helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's also something that we are able to help people with, right? It's because we have lived experiences, and mm-hmm. that's why like, we're on the other side now, and we can guide them. Yeah, exactly. And even though, like, we use the term we're on the other side, it's not like we don't still have issues that come up every now and then, you know? It's making sure that you take care of those issues before they get 
worse. 